all of our people out there. Sort of cool show. Here we are. We're back. We are back. back. Do you know it's the 40th anniversary of Back in Black this year? God. 40th <laughs> anniversary? Yes. yes. It would be. I know. It makes sense. I know, man. Gosh, they're celebra- man. They're celebrating it, dude. What is, like it, what is it about records that they come? I mean, you know, how long has gun- how long's Appetite been out? I mean, it's been out 30. Yeah. Right? Yes, 33 years at least. It came out the year I got married. I've been married 33 years. And yeah. it, so it came out the year I got married. So that's what's crazy, man, is you think about a debut or a, a record that you've celebrated and listened to. And then you, yeah, that is what you just said. Hey, you know, it's been out for 40 <laughs> years. <laughs> well, you know what's my funny gosh, tonight? Man. Yeah, tonight my my uh, my wife had this like uh, there's one of my daughter's friends is selling these things for like to raise money for her volleyball team, and mm-hmm. it's like these headbands. And so my wife my wife put it on and she just kind of stands there. And I look at her, I'm like, what are you doing? And my youngest son, who's ten, he looks at her and he goes, oh, you look like one of those people like in a '90s movie, like a little. And I was like, physical. '90s movie? '90s movies aren't old. And then I'm like, oh gosh, yeah, 90s movies yeah. are old, you know. When you're 10, when, you know, <laughs> I was like a 90s movie. That's like freaking twice his age. It's insane. And you know, it's 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 like it's almost like when you tell people what kind of music you like. Oh, I like all kinds of stuff, but I really I really dig classic rock. They're <laughs> like, oh, you're talking about like Poison and stuff, and I'm like. No, I'm talking yeah, about like, like sticks what? and journey and stuff like that. Foreigner and all that's classic rock. And they're like, no, it's not. I remember old rock. Yeah. I, so I remember listening to the, to the classic rock station when I was a kid in Charlotte and it was, you know, mm-hmm. they would play sticks and foreigner yeah. and all those bands. And then, you know, the new, the new bands at the time, obviously like guns and roses and Def Leppard. And so like, I'm listening to them and I remember thinking to myself, man, one day, these are going to be played on the classic rock station and dang right. it. This is one day because they freaking are on the classic they rock do. station. It's Today so it, in Charlotte, they're the classic rock station is 99.7, the Fox, yep. right? And you can hear Hendrix, the doors, Zeppelin guns and roses and Def Leppard all in the same hour. Yeah. And it's like, nah, I, you're right, man. I, I just, it's crazy to me that you can do all that kind of stuff, so but I do so have, I do have an annoyance that I need to, run by you what's that so i'm annoyed with them arrogant music listeners <laughs> in other words i get you know music there snobs. are folk music snobs i don't understand okay. it because to me okay if you go to a music festival yep whatever the music festival let's say it's not a hard rock festival it's just a music festival where you may have uh, uh, rock bands, you may have some country acts in there, but you may have solo acts, whatever. And for some reason, the people that are at these festivals always seem to enjoy every act that comes on the stage. Yeah, man. Right? It's like Bonnaroo. Okay, Bonnaroo's there you go. Like Bonnaroo, yeah. the which yep. had Guns N' Roses, and it also had what? I don't know who else had it. But I, I mean, dude, like, you any, went like from, yeah, it could, it could have, like Bonnaroo could have, you know, G Stapleton and it could have Stapleton, it could have Paul McCartney, it could have right. um Pearl Jam. I mean it's just it's that kind of a festival. It's really, really great. But I don't understand when people say if you like them, you don't know what good music is. Yeah. I can't stand arrogant music snobs. Yeah. I don't get that because music is so 
subjective anyway, right? right? And my my record collection is so eclectic, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And and sometimes I feel weird. Like if I go into a record store and I buy and and I get a vibe in the store, like you know how you go into a record store and like they'll have some avant-garde weird crap playing that you're yes. like of all the records you got in here right you chose on purposely the weirdest crap <laughs> you could possibly pet play and then you go and you pick out something like i don't know you pick out some yeah. record and you take it up and you feel are they looking at you going what a what a nerd, man! You're yes. buying you're buying Loverboy. Why are you yes. buying Loverboy when you could be buying what I'm playing, which is weird and it's I don't get it, man. Do you, I don't do get you remember, that stuff. You I know you had to have seen the movie High Fidelity with Jack uh, yes. John Cusack and yes. Jack Black. <laughs> yes. So you remember the scene where they're in there and the one dude I can't remember. I think his name is Toby, maybe the bald okay. guy, and he's right. playing he's playing the new Bell and Sebastian record. Right. And Jack Black walks in and goes, what crap is this? You know, it's like, it's the New Bell and Sebastian. You know, it's like, what? Right, right. And so he he grabs his mixtape that he created and he yes. pop, pops it in. It's like Katrina and the Waves or whatever. Yeah. And he's dancing around and like flipping whatever. And like, dude, it's so great. But that's that's the kind of record store that reminds me of what you're talking about. The one in that yeah. movie called Championship Final. And they're kind of like music snobs. Remember the guy that comes in and he's trying to buy that record for his daughter and they won't right, sell it to right. him. They <laughs> <laughs> it was like, he goes, don't need oh, this. how much is this for sale? He goes, I, Oh, you know what? No, it's not for sale. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and then so he good. leaves and the other dude goes in and goes, Hey, I'll take that record. I'll give you 20 bucks for it. And he's like, okay, sold. You know, it's like, yeah, right. They'll only sell it to the me. cool people. Yeah, man. I there's some there's some record stores I go into and it's just like I walk in and I don't care if I pick up a Liberace record. It's still cool. Whatever, man. Yeah. But then you go into those ones and I'm I'm you know, I, I've mentioned before on the on one of the other shows that I, I am a John Denver fan, you know, and I have all his stuff. I, I would never go buy a John Denver record day because I have them, but but I feel like if I bought a John Denver record in a place it was playing like nothing but Slayer <laughs> <laughs> they would look at me like they would, I would all know I'd feel weird, man. Yeah. Well, tonight I, <clears throat> I actually um, bought two records tonight at my local store. I bought yeah. uh, Kiss, Crazy Nights, okay, and Chicago Seventeen. You like, can't buy Chicago, man. One buy Chicago Kiss. One is down, you know, take a left yeah. turn, go down the road ten miles, and the other ones take a right turn, go down the road ten miles. Right? They're two very, very, yeah. very different records. But you know, my my guy here, man, he doesn't give me a hard time when I buy crap. Like I went in there one day and bought a. I walked I walked in and and I didn't have any idea idea what I was gonna buy. And I I bought uh, Michael Bolton's Soul Survivor. <laughs> I might have given you, know you the snob eye on that one. I thought no, I, I literally thought they were gonna kick me out of the store when I bought it. But I was like, I remembered. There was a couple songs in there that I thought were great songs, and I was like, oh man, dude, sure. like, listen, you can go in some of these record stores these days and find records like that, like yeah. a Michael Bolton record, or yeah, um, you know, the Chicago record that I bought was two dollars and ninety nine cents. There's nothing right. on that record, like it's got hits on it, man. Freaking it David Foster produced it. it. Now, I that's the same kind of feeling if I would think it would get if I bought a Celine Dion record. You know, as good as a greatest singer as she is, and I'm not a fan, believe me, I'm just not. But I think I would even feel weird buying a Celine Dion record. <laughs> well, you I know bought, what? I got some um, second record there. 
the one Which with all one the, like, the first oh, one that Mutt Lang come on over. Produced. I don't know. Her the second record is basically oh, the one everybody thinks is the first record. The woman, right? It's not the first one. The woman, yeah. Which is my favorite song is the first one on that record. Oh, I love anyway. the record, man. And so I yeah, bought that record there, and it felt weird, you know, because this store Did is a very much a rock store. You've been there, right? You know, it's very, oh, very yeah. much a I love rock that store. And so uh, when you buy anything that's not rock, you do feel a little bit weird. They don't make you feel weird, but you just kind of feel right. weird at your. You just feel that way. Record, you know, a pop. Record. I mean, I've bought a couple. I bought th- uh, sorry, two Michael Jackson records in that store. So okay, you know, that's weird. No, I'm just saying, like, it's a rock store. And, you know, you go in and, like, he's got, you know, rock T-shirts hanging up everywhere. He's got, you know, rock records all on all the walls. He's got rock music playing when you walk in. And then you go up to the yeah. counter with, you know, Michael Jackson bad. <laughs> or a Michael Bolton record. Michael Bolton record. You feel like a complete dork. But you know what, man? I'm going to own my dorkness because well, good music is good music, man. Look, I bought a Nickelback record there. Are you kidding me? The great mm. thing about it, though, is when you go to record stores like that where the owners only like a certain kind of music, yeah. then all the other music is pretty cheap because they, right. stuff that they don't like, they don't find value in it. And so they price them, they price those records down really low. <laughs> That's yeah. why you can buy a Chicago record 17 for two ninety nine. That's great. There's a record store in Charlotte called Repo Records, and I'll just yep. throw it out there because it's been around forever. But here's the coolest thing about Jimmy, the guy that owns that record store. Dude, you can walk in there. I'm not kidding. You can walk into that record store and say, I'm looking for, uh, yeah, can I help you? Yeah, man, I'm I'm needing to find the newest, the latest Neil Diamond record and a Tex Ritter record. Jimmy would go, oh, man, those are great records. I mean, he's like, that's the kind of record store owner I would be. I'd be like, what are you looking for? I'm looking for Snoop's latest record. Oh man, what a record! I might not even have heard it, even right. But yeah. I don't know. It, he celebrates music well, so much, and he doesn't. He knows that it's a matter of taste. It's that, and you want your customers to feel like they're making they a good decision, right? You know, and you don't want to tell them why do you want that Tex Ritter record? You yeah, know, he might. You might rather have the third Tex Ritter record, which is better. Yeah, I did find out this though. You buy a lot of records. I buy a lot of records. But I found it. I found out something about myself that my obsession with records. I think I'm addicted to the packaging. I think I'm more addicted to the packaging of a record, man. I mean, it's like they don't have that on CD, man. Yeah, you can't do that on a CD. And I think the record companies are smart because they are making packaging that is just crazy. And yeah. it's fun again, though. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because tonight when I was up there flipping through the bins. I saw a guy there that I'd known for, you know, it was a long time ago and I hadn't seen him in years. And he was like, he was like, Steve, I was like, Oh my gosh, dude, what's going on? And he was over there flipping, you know, a little, little ways away from me. And he's like, man, I, this, I've never been here before, man. This is the first time I've been here. I love this place. This place yeah, is so great. Yeah. You never know what you're going to find. No. And I'm like, you're just flipping through and you're seeing these records and these big, nice, like 12 by 12 yes. covers. And, you know, Fold nowadays with gatefolds yeah. and all, and with, with streaming, it's like, man, you just don't get, you don't mm-hmm. get that. And you know, yeah, there's websites you can go to and you can see those kinds of things, but man, there's nothing like holding that record in your hand. And no. like, you know, a lot of those records back in the seventies and eighties had like posters and yes. Yes. like really cool tricked out type, you know, like the gatefold you're talking about when you open that double gatefold. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, man. the photographs, the lyrics, I mean, just the information, like I would learn so much about a band. Me too, I mean, man. think about, think about this. This is one thing that I think is so crazy. Back when I was growing up, 
you knew the name of everybody in the band. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You could name, obviously, you could name all the Beatles. You could name everybody right. in Led Zeppelin. You could name right. everybody in Guns N' Roses. Everybody sure. in Def Leppard. Everybody mm-hmm. in Metallica. You knew them all. Nowadays, right. man, you you only know the lead singer's name. That's right. You know, and, and right. I think I think that's a bad thing for music. I think it's a bad thing. I think record labels are ridiculously stupid for not finding ways to market the band. Because think oh, about yeah. it, man. You remember, like, I would go, like, okay, for example, Bobby Rock is a drummer, mm-hmm. a rock right. drummer, and he right. plays for Lita Ford right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I became a fan of Bobby Rock when he was in Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Okay. You know, Mark Slaughter right. was singing lead, at least on the second record, Mark sang lead. Right. And I loved, like, the music videos, and, like, Bobby had this massive drum set, and he mm-hmm. was so animated. And I was like, I really like that guy. And you know who he is, you know his name, you know, you start to learn more about him, and you become a fan of the drummer in the band. Well, now Bobby's playing with Lita Ford. Right. I'm I want to go see the Lita show just to see Bobby play. Yeah. Right. So so think about that. So Lita is gonna get a ticket sold mm-hmm. because of her drummer, a hired right. guy, just a hired no guy. Doubt. No and doubt. so my thing is, is that if and, and look at all the bands that were just ginormous, like mm-hmm. One Direction was massive. Oh yeah. You know. All these bands and those guys are all like these these girls that follow those bands. Mm-hmm. They know every one of those guys' names. Absolutely, and they're fans. Yeah. They're fans of all of them. So yes. it's like you're you're gonna get you know, a hundred girls might like this guy. A hundred girls might like that guy. Well, that's two hundred girls at your show. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely, and man. Record labels don't do that. They don't market their they don't market the artists and or the, the band members anymore. Yep. And like right now, it's like I can name Dan Reynolds of Imagine Dragons, the lead singer. Okay. That's it. That's, I know him. That's it. That's all I want. The same thing with um, what's the guy Ryan Tedder? That's the only guy I know from that band. That's it. Yeah, I don't totally. know anybody else in that band. Yeah, yeah. but I, mean, I can, Maroon, but I can Maroon name five. Maroon five. I don't know you Adam only, Levine. You only that's know it. Adam Levine. You only know the singer. It's right. just like it's a it's a bad bad move for the music business. I think personally, I think that if. Like, look, what if I don't like Adam Levine? What if I think he's a jerk? But I think the guitar player is cool as crap. But you don't know who he is, you know? So it's I like, bought, whatever. I got, um, back in back in the day, James Taylor had a guitar player, and his name was Waddy Wattell. And Waddy play, has played with everybody, right? I mean, this dude, I, matter of fact, about... Three months ago, I saw him with somebody else, and I can't remember who it is now, but it was a current band that he was just like playing with. But Waddy played with James Taylor for a while. Mm. Then what was weird is I went back to the to, to see Jackson Brown about eight months later. Guess who was the guitar player? <laughs> Waddy wow. Wattell. Wow. Then I found out that he was then playing with Stevie Nicks. And was on tour with her. And you know what? I wanted to go see that tour because I wanted to see Waddy Wattell again. Yeah. So, I mean, not that, not to take anything away from Stevie Nicks because, you know, she's the one with all the hits, but I was excited to get to go possibly see him play guitar again. Right. You know, I mean, so what you're saying is right. I, and I know like if, if a member of a band like Duff McKagan, right. right. If we didn't know who Duff was, and then he did his. What was his side band called? Um, 
that he did what was the name of his little band he did right at right in between guns or whatever it's kind of a punk thing i can't remember what it was yeah, but I, can't <clears throat> I, I can't remember either but my i guess my point is that if i didn't know who duff was you know yeah. i might not have gone or bought that record yeah well it's but like, i knew is it was he, duff is he yeah, right. Izzy, Izzy straddling Juju the Juju Hounds. Hounds. Yeah. Right. Slash yeah, I bought that record because yeah. I knew it was Izzy from yeah. Guns. Well, right? think about that, like you know, like uh, the band, the Damn Yankees. You know, it's like, look, if you're a Absolutely. if you're a Night Ranger, if you're a Night Ranger fan or a Ted Nugent fan or a Styx fan, right. you're going to be interested in in that no band, doubt. no doubt. And you, yeah, because that's the kind of thing where you'd then want to go by. If Damn Yankees were the first time you'd been introduced to those guys you might then want to go back and look at ted's catalog night rangers catalog yeah and Styx's catalog i just remember the announcements about you know a new group coming damn yankees featuring ted nugent jack blades tommy shaw you know and um, then some random guy it? on drums yeah michael somebody we've said this before <laughs> we <did. laughs> who is with skinner now yeah right yeah Isn't that the same guy yeah i just can't pronounce his last name I, that's I, the I whole don't remember problem. it yeah but i man I thought, well, for, first of all, you know, I'm a humongous Sticks fan. Tommy Shaw's one of my favorite vocals, and I love Ted Nugent. And I, I, I like Night Ranger, too. But, dude, when they put that record out, and High Enough, and Damn coming Yankees, of age. Coming of Age, yeah. oh, my gosh. It was so, so, that was such a great, even though it was kind of a super group type thing. Yeah, but it was a it debut was record. Still, I mean, it was a yeah. de- It was still such a great debut. Yeah. So great. This week is so crazy. This is the cr- dumbest thing I did, which, you know, 15 years ago, this would not even have been an issue. 20 years ago would have been an issue, whatever. But my daughter just started um, kind of ramping back up with soccer. And mm-hmm. I was taking her to her one of her soccer trainings. And I was I reached down to kind of grab my phone. I was going to turn on some music in the car down, on our way there. Your legs and ease the seat back. back. <laughs> little daily rough. And so... um. But no, so I, I reached over to grab my phone to like turn the music on, and it wasn't there. <laughs> Your phone wasn't there. No, and I'm How like, how do you do that? How do you? Oh, do well, that? first, first of all, it's like you know, you almost feel you feel you feel insecure, you feel lost, you feel anxious. I'm like, what in the world has happened? Really? That, you know, when you and I were on the road, man, we didn't even have we didn't have a cell phone. None of us. We no, stopped we at, didn't. We stopped we had at pay phones. phones. We stopped at pay phones. We call home. Hey, we're about three hours out. We'll be home. You know, whatever. I remember but, I had know, a pager, home. and I thought that was the deal. <laughs> yes, I never owned I a pager the, either. Yeah, well, Every dude in my high school had one, but I never got one. Yeah, I never did. I, this I didn't sell drugs. I didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but no, real. Um, so I'm. So I. I don't have my phone on me, and I'm like, oh crap. And I almost the, my first thought was I'm gonna turn around and go get my phone, but right. I was like, oh no, I'm not. Whatever. And so I didn't. I was like, no, it's gonna be. It'll be fine. You know, I'm, we're going ten minutes up the road. We'll be right back. Well, I always keep a couple of CDs in my car for this very instance because you know all my music is on my phone. You know, unless That's you want right. to listen to the radio, yeah. but like, who does that anymore now? And so I was like, well, I'm just gonna grab one of the CDs here in my car, one of my emergency CDs. And so I grabbed the first one that I, I pulled out of my console and threw it in the CD player. And it was the um, it was the debut album from Badlands. You remember them? Oh, oh God, yeah, man. Jakey e. Lee and <laughs> Jakey e. Lee, man. Greg Chase Eric I mean, Singer. Eric Singer, right, from Kiss. And Absolutely. then who's um, the singer? What was his name? Ray Gillian was the singer. Ray Gillian, who has passed away since then. But 
Yeah, he had he had he had AIDS, which that dude, man, talk about a freak. Yes. I mean, look, talk about a freak. Incredible vocal. I yeah. mean, what I love a that record. stinking great front man. But the guy was like, do you hear that whole story about him? Like when he when he found out he had AIDS, he started like going around trying to like sleep with these other women and all that crap. No. Yes, dude. No. It was so like, it's like one of those guys, huh? Yes. So he like actually got a couple of women infected with HIV and they died of AIDS. What? And so, yes, after he, he passed away. He contracted it through. He got uh, it. He, yeah, I mean, just promiscuous. Blood man. transfusion like, or just, no, just being dude, crazy? Having, ha- okay. like, yeah, like sleeping around like a freak. Right. And Every so, groupie. yes. And so anyway, so when he got sick, like he, he knowingly knew, he knew he had HIV and he wasn't, he was going out and like trying to sleep with all these women. And it's oh, like wow. totally documented online. Grant, look, you can obviously, I guess you technically can't prove that he did it on purpose, but I mean, come on. I mean, the guy knew he had HIV right. and he knew how yeah, serious it was and he was doing this. And so these women contracted the disease and they died of AIDS. That and crazy. so there's this whole thing is like right now you can't go on Spotify or Amazon or Apple music or any of those platforms and listen to this record because it's not there. Yeah. I've never found it. You know, uh-uh. you can't download it on iTunes. You can't stream it on any of the music services because they don't like, apparently what had happened was this record came out on Atlantic. And I mm-hmm. guess when all this went down, the label decided to pull the product and that way that, Ray's estate wasn't earning revenue off of that record. That was a big record. I mean, it wasn't like a gigantic oh, yeah. record. You know, it didn't sell millions yeah. and millions and millions of copies, but it was a hit record. <clears throat> and it was a great it was record. Great record. And so the 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 legacy of Badlands has been has been stained by their idiotic mm-hmm. lead singer when you got like Jakey e. Lee, who right. an incredible guitar player, and really, you know, my gosh, man, like he, he deserves to have the royalties from that record. He and does. maybe they could have given Ray's portion of the royalties to the women that, um, yeah, you know, the women's families kind of right? or, or something. something. But regardless, yeah. look, hey man, I mean, it's whatever. But I found that record. I found the vinyl um, at a record shop up the street from me, and I picked it up. I mean, it was a little bit steep of a price because you can't, you know, it's hard to find and um, yeah. whatever. But man, gosh, I just remember thinking, and I saw that tour. It was Badlands. Great White and Tesla. Great White and Tesla were co-headlining at Badlands opened the show. And wow. so I saw I saw that tour and it was incredible, man. They started the show. We me and my friends when we when we would go to shows like that, we would always try to guess what the first song was oh, that the yes. bands were playing. You know, like that. everybody does that. I love that game and right so, there, man. So we were that like, was before bet. set list FM. Yes, man. And so I was like, man, I bet bad we were both all of us were like, I bet Badlands is gonna play hard driver to open right. the set because that song starts off with a cool drum like cool drum fill and man sure enough the lights go out and there it goes eric singer eric singer comes in with that drum part and they played hard driver which is so great but uh, dreams in the dark was the big hit that one and winter's call were the two big songs on that record but yeah what are man yeah i saw um mr big you know when they came out with their first record uh, self-titled mr big you know yeah that was the first time i'd ever heard eric martin's voice oh my gosh you know, and I just could not believe this. The record after that is the one that I just love. Lean into it. Yeah. You know, it, but the debut was really, really good. The debut, the debut was, had um, it, addicted to that rush on it. I think addicted to that right. rush on it. That's right. Dude, the bass. You talk that about song a band. Ridiculous. 
Oh, well, I mean, Billy Sheehan, you know, yeah. and you're talking about, you're talking about Paul Gilbert. I mean, ridiculous guitar player, but Eric yeah. Martin, man, that, that video they have, and I have, I, I was lucky, fortunate enough to find vinyl of their live in San Francisco record mm-hmm. that came out in 92. And I've seen the video too, and it is amazing, but I found the, the vinyl of the, the uh, live record in Korea, South Korea. Oh wow! And ordered it, and same place I got my lean into a record from. It is just so good, but that is a great debut record. Uh, the with the Dick Dovers, and they didn't do much more than that on that record. You know, that was about yeah. it. It yeah. was the second one that really did well for them, but that first one really introduced them. Dude, speaking of great so debuts, I mean, come on, Appetite for Destruction, my favorite well, of all time. <laughs> the probably the it is the best debut in the history of music, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, certainly in rock and roll. Rock I mean, music I don't know. Yeah, we'd have to maybe look. I'm not going to dis- dispute that, but you know, because they're my, they're my favorite. They're my favorite band, and it's definitely one of my right. favorite records of all time. And 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 it's certainly the biggest. It is technically the biggest selling debut album of all time right. of any genre. I'd, so yeah. so I think, man, your claim, your claim, you can you can claim it, dude. It's for real. Well, I just I just believe it, man. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of great debuts, but I think that record right there, from song one to the end of the record, man, you yep. can't go wrong. You know, and we talked about him in the past. We did a thing yeah. on the, you know, but as a debut record, oh my gosh, man. Um, what about one of the greatest changers in music was the Mighty Van Halen? Man, I, I heard. I heard running yeah. with the devil, dude. I heard that. I was at a church camp, man. And <laughs> and this girl had an eight track tape player. And she had that eight track in. And only song she played the whole time, you know, running with the devil. She never went to the second song. She just let the of course it was eruption, but she never played past running with the devil. And she started again. And she started again. And we were like, who is this? Because number one, uh, the guitar sounded so different than anything I'd yeah. heard, you know, you, and it was just so, but the drums were so different. They had their own distinct sound, but David Lee Roth's voice and the things he did with his voice was just crazy, but the songs were great and I got it, man. And I fell in love with like Jamie's crying and, yeah. you know, and talking about love. We well, know the drum, oh the drum part to Jamie's crying. Isn't that that's the part that um, Tone Look sampled for Funky Cold Medina? Yes. <laughs> oh, it is. Yes. That's that's the funky yeah, that's cold the Medina. Part, man. Yeah. I, for some reason, I thought I knew that. Then when you said, I was like, No, I didn't know that. Yeah, man. That is crap. <laughs> funky Cold Medina. <laughs> funky Cold Medina, man. Come on, you got to get that Tone Look, a, man. You got to get that Tone Look. Was that his? About de- was, hey, was that his debut record? We'll say it was. Because if it was, that was a pretty big record, man. Wild Thing and Funky Cold Medina. He Come made on. a fortune off that. Oh, my god! I saw a thing with Tone Loke, man, where he was getting a new place to live. He was like one of those shows where they take him and show him new properties or whatever. And, and I'm thinking, this dude had two songs. And this place was unfreaking believable. Well, and it was like songs, unreal. Think he, was a, he was an accomplished actor because he was also in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Well then, <laughs> need we say more? That's where he made all his money. Ace Ventura, yeah. all, all of his money right there. Oh yeah, man. But yeah, Van Halen debut is, and you know, and you become a fan. And I like, but I'm gonna tell you, I still think 
Fair Warning is my favorite Van Halen record. I, you know, it's not a debut, but two was great. Women and Children First was great. You know, I just became a, I became a Van Halen fan after that. What about my debut that changed my life? Kiss, <laughs> Kiss right? The yeah. iconic record cover. You know, we, I mean, we had a show about Kiss a few weeks me, ago. and Yeah, for me, that first Kiss record is a greatest hits album. It's just so good. Oh, it is. So many songs on that record they still play today. Yeah. What's interesting is songs off the first three records, they play probably more than any other songs. Yeah. Yeah, if you well, you know you think about Cold Gin and Black Diamond, Rock right. Bottom and um, Strutter, and they don't do Strutter really a lot, but Deuce and I mean you know good gosh, yeah, Strutter's great. Deuce, hundred thousand years. Firehouse is one of my favorite Kiss songs. Yes. Oh my God. But that the covers what that the covers what yeah. does that record justice? Classic. So I mean that Classic. is one of those covers of a debut record that yeah. It, it I don't know it's just it's iconic. It, that you know, but that didn't sell well. You know, we talked about yeah. that in the in the last show, the, the Kiss show. It didn't sell well, but it's a great Bullet Dude, Boys. What about that one? Oh, dude, Bullet Boys was insane. Like, what a yeah. great, great, great debut record. And those boys are still doing it today. And I've heard some they of are. their still original, original stuff. Original and it's Mark Tory. Is it the original four? Yes, it's still the original are four. Are you kidding me? I didn't me. know that because um, the bass player um i can't remember his name but he looks totally different today yeah i mean he's still you would never know that's him tall dude he's got short hair it's uh lonnie yeah. lonnie something i did not know that right. was the original yeah, band still original dudes man well, so cool i saw them actually um did you ever see them live no never did i saw them they were on tour with uh it was winger and cinderella right. and bullet, bullet was right. opening the show it was freaking incredible what this is what is the loudest concert you've ever been to Oh gosh, um, uh, man. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the shows I saw were so freaking loud. I don't know. I mean, like I've seen Metallica a couple times. It was a pretty loud show. Um, gosh, dude, I don't know what the loudest show I've ever been to is. I have no idea. Really? I don't know. I, I've never, I never walked away. The only, I will say this, it's not volume as much as it was just the low end of the bass. But I remember when I went to see, uh, it was. Uh, Badlands, Great White, and Tesla. Mm -hmm. And I remember during Great White's set, they were the middle act. They were co-headlining with Tesla. I remember during Great White's set when they were playing um, House of Broken Love. Oh, yeah. And the bass line was so, it was so low. And I mean, it was just in that arena to the point where it felt like I couldn't breathe. It was like, it was almost like taking the really? breath out of my lungs. And I remember having to walk out of the, that area out into the concourse. No because kidding. It was, yeah. It was so, it was so weird feeling. I was like, guys, I, I gotta go. I gotta go outside for a minute. I didn't tell them why, but I was like, oh, I gotta go. I gotta go out here for a minute. Yeah. Because you'd have been a wimp then. Oh my gosh, dude, they would have punched me in the face. <laughs> but it was just like, <clears throat> they would have probably made me walk home, <laughs> but it was just like, it was really, really, really weird feeling. And so, yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't so much the volume as much as it was okay. just the bass was just so, like, so low. Wow, man. I'm, I've never experienced yeah. anything like that. Now, ACDC was the loudest I've ever been to. Wow. The one that I saw him with Axel. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, that was just, it was clean loud, though. You yeah. know, it was not hurting loud. Well, let me ask you this. What is the, um, what is the most surprising concert you've ever been to? Like you went 
yeah. not knowing what to expect, and you walked away going, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Me too. I was going to say the same thing. I was with you. <laughs> yeah, we, we were at that show together because you know, I you, remember. You asked me to go to that yeah. show, uh-huh. and I went, and I about didn't go. And it wasn't yeah. because – it was just because I was like, I'm not a humongous Springsteen fan. You yeah. know, I liked Born to Run record and blah, blah, blah. Of course, yeah. you know, when he came out with Dancing in the Dark and all that record, I liked that stuff, but – as far as going to see him, I was like, you know what? I I don't know, man. But I thought, well, whatever. We'll go. Yep. And you remember we went, and I remember sitting there, and it was just a different vibe because it was a different crowd, for one thing. Yeah. It was an older crowd. But my gosh. Yeah. I will never forget that show. I It was just the most yeah. – I, I, it's hard to explain it. And we talked about this in one of our early shows when we started this podcast. Yeah. It was such an experience that you can't even put it into words how entertaining he is. Man, I just remember. I don't. I can't explain it. When he when he came out on stage, you remember this? Like the lights, the the arena went dark, and then they just put white lights on the stage. That's it. That's it. And Max Weinberg comes out, and the crowd starts cheering, and he just kind of waves. Yes. He sits down yes. behind his kit, and then the you know whoever comes out, right? Just each band member kind of came out on their own on the stage. And, you know, obviously Big Clarence comes out and everybody goes bonkers. Oh, yeah. Because, like, he's such a personality, you know, so he comes out and he gets in place. So the, finally everybody's in place. Everybody's kind of cheering for everybody's in place, right? And then all of a sudden Bruce comes out from the back and the place erupts. And, they and he just like, walks yeah, out. Yeah, he just walks out, goes up the microphone, and he goes, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah he he like, Oh, my gosh. It's like it was, it was, it was the insane. most exciting show opener i'd ever seen i know and that dude put on for me like the yes. most energetic best yes. show one of the best shows i'd ever seen in the history of the world i will have to say that it will go down you know if i could i'm not going to name them but if it, it will be in my top five of best shows ever in my life Easily. i mean no doubt and Easily people had problems. always people had always said have you ever seen Springsteen? And I would go, nah, no, nah, well, <laughs> yes. you don't, you know, yeah. oh, it ain't better than this, or it can't be better than this. But you know what? It was. It was yeah. better than as big a KISS fan as I am, and you can't yeah. compare the productions of the two. It's just, no. You know, there's no uh-huh. way. There's a different vibe you get when you go to a KISS show or you go to a uh, you know, an Iron Maiden show or you go right. to whoever. It's how I felt with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. See, now I didn't get way. to see that, and I knew, I knew, I wanted to go see him so bad. Yeah. Now I can't. But you told me that Tom Petty was an, a lot like Springsteen. It was just a night of just magic, <sighs> just magical hits all night long, and then nothing, you know, no, no frills, no crazy production. It was just, right. it was just a stage with lights and amps, and it was just like it was killer, man. It was so so good. I would say, you know, I mean, as far as like best shows i've ever seen you know I, i'm not gonna put these in order but right i'd say metallica black album okay the petty show the 40th sure. anniversary that i saw which was it was april the year he passed away so just a couple right. months later he passed away so right metallica black album petty um certainly uh bruce springsteen right. show sure. sure and gnr use your illusions yeah I mean, there's four shows right there. And yeah, well, I'd have to throw Paul McCartney in there for maybe right. the best show I'd ever seen. I mean, it's just the McCartney show was incredible, like insane. You're talking 30, 35 songs and like literally 30 of them were Beatles hits. 
say, man, that would be it's okay. That's a prime example of a, of a person that I've never seen. And in my mind, I think, ah, you know, yeah, it's, but I know good and well that if yeah. I went, I would walk away going, oh my, God. I was, I was blown away. And when you're sitting there at a, at a McCartney show and he's setting up a song that he wrote with his friend, John in his apartment, <laughs> I mean, that, you're like, and yeah, he said it like that, that too, John. didn't he? Yeah, he goes, well, he I, was, said it. I was, I was uh, in New York with my friend John, and we were at his house. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, it's freaking John Lennon. He sets up a song like, hey, Jude, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I've heard that song a thousand times, and that's the guy that wrote it, playing yes. it right there, you know? It's the craziest oh thing, man. It's just the craziest thing. Yeah, I would, I would have to say, you know, Springsteen... Of course, production-wise, there's nothing to ever be kiss, in my opinion. Yeah. That, but Queen, you know, I saw him with Freddie, mm-hmm. so I, you yeah, know, that I was on with Freddie. That it was just magical, man. They started off with Jailhouse Rock, but there's so many shows, man, that I've seen uh, that I'm just, you know, the the uh, uh, um, I never got to see the Eagles though. Yeah, me neither. Have you not? No. I had, know, I've had I've had opportunities to. I just never. Yeah, got me to too. See you know, they're coming. Uh, in 21, they're doing the Hotel California tour. Yeah. They're doing Hotel California back to front to back, and then they're doing all the rest of the hits. Right. But it's only coming to eight cities. So when we go, <laughs> when we go, <laughs> we have, huh? yeah, we have to go to LA, New York, or Dallas. So we, we whichever one uh, we're refusing to go to. I do New York, man. Yeah. Because it's going to be an MSG, I assume. Oh yeah, and yeah. and we hopefully the the end of the kisses end of the road tour will be there the next yeah. week, and we'll just stay the week, and because we're going, I want us to do the show from one of those shows. But, yeah, because because uh, New York for a week is is very inexpensive. You're, you're joking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're joking. Yes, it's very <laughs> very much so. Sleep in sleep in the in your car Over or find a car. hostel somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man. All right, man. Well, hopefully we do get that chance to go see one of those shows in New York. That'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. A Sounds lot of fun at that. Sounds of fun. We won't we won't stay in a hostel. We'll we'll actually get a hotel. <laughs> well, hey, listen. I hope everybody had a great week. We will be here next week. Come hang out with us wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Sort of Cool Show. We're there. Well, every day. Come hang. Every day. Yeah, check us out. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you think. Steve, see you, buddy. See you, man. Later.